0: Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art. Culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward.
1: It's Al Pickett, the founder of The Black Print, where I help people win in a brave new world through the financial markets, teaching them how to profit consistently all the financial markets and i'm here with verbally effective and ina esco we all around memphis tennessee right here we in the mix as well with dj ba aka no genre aka brandon adams and we on verbally effective podcast with miss ina esco let's go
0: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco. Verbally Effective, well, it delves into the intersections of art, culture, politics. And entertainment with a Memphis flair. You heard I said politics because we're going to get kind of political today. Verbally effective audience. I need you guys to hit that subscribe button on all platforms and also subscribe to that Ina Esco YouTube channel as well. Let's get right into it because I got my friend in the building with me. You'll understand how we met long ago in the city of Raleigh. Look, <laughs> like, city of Raleigh. <laughs> right. <laughs> She is a social and civil rights activist, also the political director for Memphis for All. I'm talking about Tequila Rucker. Hey, lady. Hey. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: How long have I been knowing you, Tequila? Ooh. We, In the late 90s. 90s. Yes. 90s, yes. Look, I was the new girl on the scene over there at Raleigh Egypt High School. It was my junior year, I believe, your senior year. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yes. Amen. Did did your thing? Made an impact. Yes. It's a joy and a pleasure.
0: Always. Always.
1: Hooping on the
0: basketball. Look, thing. God, I talk <laughs> about my hooping days. No, for real. Tequila was the one hooping. You know, I could do defense really good. My thing was volleyball, but yeah, we had a good time though. We did. And then um even after that, after you graduated and after I graduated, I would see you out all the time. Yes. So always connected, yes. and it's. Amazing that you are in activism. Like, yeah, right. see how our lives have evolved from them. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there here on the verbally effective podcast. Let's start at the beginning. What part of Memphis are you originally
1: from? North, Memphis. North, North. Yes, I represent North Memphis, but I, uh, a little bit of citywide. Like, I moved around, very transit, uh, childhood. So, uh, Orange Mound at some point. Really? Frazier raleigh okay um, so various areas
0: okay so before i even met you in high school tell me about you know you growing up out there in raleigh uh, you
1: know growing up in raleigh uh timber lake uh, timber lake yeah you know very athletic very uh involved uh like in the social circle on the scene so yes you um, were
0: on the scene yes yes
1: um had a little click, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, just enjoying life, living, and you know, learning.
0: Yes. Now, after you graduated from Raleigh Egypt High School, what happened next for Tequila? Uh,
1: I went to I went to college for a couple of years, Southwest, well, Shelby State at the time, and from that, I end up uh, getting married. And okay. So I started a family, have three children. Okay. And so um, went back to college um, with a focus on elementary education. So okay. in the meantime, I was um, housewife. Um, in between time, I, I was working at FedEx from time to time. Okay. And um, once I got my degree in education, I started teaching. Housewife, though.
0: Housewife. Come on, housewife. Five
1: years. I tried it. How was be? How
0: was it being a housewife? I don't think I've had someone out here this that told me that they were a housewife.
1: Um, it was a challenge because if you're used to doing things, getting things done, how you want them, having your own money, things of that nature, um, you have to limit yourself. Like you, you, you have to do a budget, and I'm not really uh, I'm not just a <laughs> budget, budget type of chick. So. Um, but learning just different yeah. things, but the uh, opportunity to be available in prison in my children's lives and yeah. watch them growing up, like, there's no value I could put on that. So it, yes. was worth it so.
0: Wow, but you got that degree in elementary education, because you was like, I'm about to go teach. Yes. So tell me about that transition for you.
1: Um, So I waited till my youngest son was in school, and um, I, we was graduating pretty much around the same time. Well, I was graduating around the time he was going into school, so. Um, because I, at that point, it was important that I didn't leave my child to go with, be with other people's children. Mm-hmm. And so um, that transition, um, I was very excited. Like, I mm-hmm. to go and do what I've been called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here to, like, help little ones tap into their full potential, to know who they, they are at an early age. And so I started teaching in the Memphis City School System, because it was still MCS then. Mm-hmm. Um it was important that I go back to the, I felt like the system failed me, and mm-hmm. I felt like I could make an impact in that system by getting involved and becoming a teacher and doing what I felt like should have happened with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started teaching in 2012 at Fairly Elementary, mm-hmm. which was eyes on. So they're in the bottom 5% according to state data. Um, and it was a challenge. It was like a challenge. Like I was the fourth teacher in that classroom, and it was only the month of September.
0: Wow,
1: why is that? Behavior issues, um, again, it was eyes on. so you got academic challenges, and, um, but I stuck it out, barely, like, I was ready to go the first week, I'm like, I missed my calling, God, I got here too late, Yes, give me something else to do.
0: Girl, (laughs) you were the fourth teacher over there, what do you think, why was it so, what was so different about you implementing your style?
1: um i live with my heart i uh allow the children to show up as themselves like establish their real relationship with them mm-hmm. build their rapport and cultivate that environment so from setting the tone to where it's colorful it's friendly it's not just we in this room that kind of feels very constricted and confined and not warm at all like i Put stuff all over the walls and make it colorful. You had to be
0: innovative.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, on a budget because they don't give you but $100. Really? <laughs>
0: Girl, <laughs> wow. Okay, so how long were you teaching? Did you stay over there at, at Fairly at that school?
1: Baby, look. The t- <laughs> <laughs> you want the real tea. I want the real tea. So um, I stayed at fairly, maybe a year and a half. Okay.
0: Um stuck it out longer than most of them.
1: A year and a half at Fairly, but I was I was transferred to Germanshire. Um well not transferred, I had to go up try to get another job, you know. Um, which would lead we we can talk about why things like that happened to me because um I've been at maybe twelve schools in less than 12. five years. Wow. And so um within MC with within MCS mm-hmm. What, is, what was it, next, SCS, and now <laughs> Look, what, what is, is it? it? now? SCS. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what they calling themselves now? Twelve oh, schools and you said, five years? Within five well, years? Maybe less
1: than five years collectively. So from 2012 to maybe 2016, mm-hmm. I was in the classroom. Um, different schools. Um, in 2015, I was uh, elected as the president of the teachers union, and mm. so um, I was serving in capacity full time president, full time teacher. And in 2017, I came out of the classroom, and so and I served full time president of the teachers union, so advocating on behalf of teachers and students because because why have I been at all these schools in less than five years in the classroom? Can you answer that? Yeah, um, I speak truth to power. I call for accountability. I ask questions that not a lot of people are willing to ask, and that makes people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, You're labeled, you're targeted, you're blacklisted. Nobody wants you in that building. And so they move you around to try to make it uncomfortable for you so that you can eventually quit. And so um, that's just the gist of the culture within this district.
0: Wow, who was the superintendent when you were going through those twelve schools?
1: When I started, Superintendent Hobson was interim. Okay. Then he became the superintendent, and through that transition, Ray became the interim. And oh, on he your became, way out. Then he became. He put me out. But he put I, you I, out. <laughs> and then he became the superintendent, which is why the pattern that we've I, we've seen, um, we we're fighting to stop it from happening again because okay. um, we deserve better our children deserve better and that's what we are advocating for so
0: girl and so now we have no superintendent who is the interim right
1: now uh the interim right now is tony williams tony williams have you worked with tony williams i have worked with tony um in capacity when we we're negotiating um teacher contracts with uh, the mou the memorandum of understanding so Working like in that space uh, collectively and just different spaces in the district, Mm -hmm. um, we've occupied the same space.
0: So as an interim superintendent, do they have the power to incorporate any change or is that we're waiting on the new superintendent to do that?
1: Oh, no, they have they have the power to incorporate change and do what's necessary to um, improve the district. So, yes, they have the same autonomy as a superintendent. Hmm. Okay.
0: Before we get into the new superintendent uh fight for one. Um, what do you think is the top three reasons why Memphis Shelby County school system, why are we underperforming?
1: Because people we top heavy and the people at the top are not abreast of what's happening in the district. They don't have a pulse on it and they refuse to listen to people that do have a pulse on it. For example, when I served in the capacity as the president of the teachers' union, we had representatives in buildings throughout the district to let us know what's going on, what's happening in your school, if there are concerns with your administrator, if there are concerns with, like, how is this curriculum working, how are these things showing up in your classroom, and are they best for what's for our children. And I would report that information weekly to somebody in administration within the district. And under Hobson's uh, administration, we did begin to make progress as relates to the culture and climate. Um, but there's so much damage and toxicity, and now we're learning corruption within this district that it's really hard for us to write what's been wrong for a long time.
0: Did COVID have any impact and made things worse or really added fuel to the fire?
1: So, uh, covid the beginning of that year when it happened, I was still serving in the capacity as the president, but my term ended June 30th, which is when Havoc was released on me from district administration. So in less than six months, I was uh, had a verbal reprimand, a written reprimand, a three-day suspension, Wait. got demoted, and then got fired. What, what, were the, what was the reason? Um, as it relates to, like, basically calling for accountability did a Twitter storm, putting things out, raising awareness about what's happening, what's wrong, bringing it to the public on the news, talking about what's going on in the schools and district officials not really liking what's happening. so they have the power to do what they want to do when they're in certain positions. And that's what they did. They used a pen. They can write it up if they said it. That's it. And so, um. With my suspension, it was overturned. Um, with being demoted and then terminated, I now have a lawsuit uh, That's what I was about to
0: ask. I bet you do. I bet you do. So that's still pending.
1: Yes. Yes. It was filed in 2021, 20, and I just had my deposition. Um, oh, when I saw you it. at Crosstown, that's yes. where you were headed. Yes. How did it go? Uh, it was excruciating, but, um, got it done, um. Glad that it's over um, and just ready to close that chapter. Will it be closed soon? It's my hope. Um, If they're wise, they'll do what's best and go ahead and write that wrong. Yes. Now,
0: speaking of the superintendent that we're still trying to find, um, (laughs) but you said it's a circus going on in in Memphis. Why is it taking so long? Are the rules changing on how we determine who it is as we go? Is that the problem?
1: Well, one, you have people with ulterior motives, and so you have a board of nine that's trying to make a decision about who's going to serve in its capacity. Um, yet they entered into that space. I don't, wouldn't right. I now it is perceived as it was distrustful because they told us board chair Green stated. Tony didn't want the position, which is why she nominated her for that position. And they also made other interims step down in order for them to apply for that position. However, somewhere along the line, it became okay for Tony to apply for that job and um, and be able to serve as the interim. And so that was a concern because I'm all about justice. I'm all about fairness. And so if you're going to allow her to do it, then you could have kept who was serving in that position prior, which was um, Dr. Whitelaw. Mm. And so I know she was interested, and now she's one of the finalists. Well, she was one of the finalists, too. Now we're scratching everything, and we're starting over because, like, pressure was applied, and we're calling for accountability, and they're not going to be able to get with what they were trying to do, which is changing the qualifications. They didn't change the policy, but they did change qualifications to make it easier or make, the current interim qualify so that she can remain in the pool. So, yeah, it's a lot going on. You know, building a plane as you fly it. Yeah, I see. They don't know. Several of the board members don't know their own policy. And so that becomes a challenge. But, again, we're talking about a process that they knew was going to be started last year. And now here we are, what, May, when they're calling for a board retreat, To go over a policy that they should have known, because that's one of their responsibilities as a political official and board member.
0: We in July, it's July. Will we have a new superintendent when school starts for the fall? Do you think? We
1: will not. They have extended the current interim's contract, increased her salary, increased her time until how long? They extended it up to. August 2024. So if they find. (laughs) So yes. Interesting. Yes.
0: A whole nother year. Oh, wow. Well, that is a whole podcast in itself. (laughs) Tequila Rucker. We're going to take a short break. But when we get back, we're going to talk about your role as the political director for Memphis for All. We're going to talk about some Memphis politics, such as the undergoing mayoral race Uh, We're going to talk about some activism efforts on your end. I know you were heavily involved with um, trying to get justice for Tyree Nichols, and I'm sure you're still doing that to this day. And I hear that we have another young black man that was killed just how long ago?
1: Last week.
0: Last week with Shelby County. So we'll hit on all of those things when we get back with Tequila Rucker on Verbally Effective Podcast. Hey, hey, it's Ida Esco. Welcome back to the Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Saquila Rucker. Tell us, what is your role as the director for Memphis for All? Explain that to us. Break it down.
1: Okay, so my role as the political director with Memphis for All um, is one, just to pay attention to what's happening on the political scene. Um, I don't do politics, even though my title is political director. I show up to hold elected officials and politicians accountable Mm -hmm. in the roles that they serve in. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I raise awareness in the community about the importance of voting. Um, We look for candidates that we can support endorse as it relates to uh, running for certain positions that align with our core values. Uh, We do issue-based advocacy. So where you see around Tyree Nichols, the third grade retention law, the Shelby County uh, superintendent search, um, MLGW, like, hmm. that's that's common <laughs> because that's a <laughs> grave concern, and it's a big connected for us here in this city about, like, what, we, because we're here because we lack the accountability. And so mm-hmm. now it's time for us to start putting accountability measures in place to hold these leaders and uh, officials accountable.
0: And you know what? When you talked on the first segment about your journey, how, you know, you were the president of the teachers union and you were still teaching full time and you were let go. It's a pending lawsuit. And now we are in, I know you said it's not a political position, but you holding these politicians accountable. How did you transition into, I want to say into politics? <laughs> <laughs> Really, you're fighting for some of the same things, it seems like.
1: Well, uh, the transition happened in the school system. So I was Mm -hmm. in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of injustices in our school system and equities. And it's just like our students are being disenfranchised. And once you find out, the connecting piece is the elected officials and the different laws that's being passed and the different things that's happening around policy. And so um, I started showing up to school board meetings, just speaking out firstly, first about the TCAP. Like I mm-hmm. had concerns about the T-CAP. Um, from that, that led to me being invited into different spaces, different workshops, understanding the power of my voice, learning to speak truth to power. And so um, something about understanding your power is empowering. Yes. And so I started showing up in those spaces calling for accountability. And a few years after that is when I was elected as the president. And so that, again, is a space where you're a voice voice for the voiceless, which are the students or the teachers that are afraid and that are being intimidated within this system that needs some help. And um, I was willing to carry that torch. Yes,
0: and still carrying this torch. And we kind of talked about this off mic a bit, Memphis being, from an education standpoint, it very unfairly the, the, the kids are um, and this has been ongoing even with our political system um, a lot of the issues a lot of the gatekeepers a lot of the system still in place and my question to you was why is this still going on why is it so
1: hard to break the chain it's hard to break, break the chain because you have people that actually benefit from it being in place do they have a stronger power
0: to keep that chain there than the people that are raising their voices.
1: Absolutely not. The power is in the people. We just got to have the people to show up, which is uh, another thing we see. We see a lot of apathy here in our city, across mm. our state, when it comes to political issues, when it comes to things that impact your life every day. In MLGW, you have all these people that have no power, but don't had not come together to utilize like their power to go and say, we holding y'all accountable. Like, you're taking all this money, every month we paying you, and any time the wind blows real hard, I may lose my power, my food going to spoil. Like, I'm running into a lot of those things that's happening right here, right now in our community. So, like, just everyday issues. So it's not just even, like, the laws and the policy and the things that we see on the state and local levels from our elected officials. We're talking about everyday people being able to come together to say, we deserve better. Put these lines underground, start that infrastructure like building, and so that we won't have to continue <clears throat> to deal with this. And if you don't fix it in my lifetime, maybe it'll be fixing in my children's lifetime. So again, yeah. we have to look we have to be forward looking to, to make sure like what we're doing today is leaving our community and our world in a better place.
0: What has been some of the challenges with, with getting the people to participate? <laughs> Your whole face just changed,
1: Tequila. I love the people. I love the people. And I need people to understand, like, that is where the, the power is in the people. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that people are in survival mode. Mm. And when you're in survival mode, you can't see your future because you're focused on mm-hmm. right now. So it's like you're drowning. But yet and still, I want you to think about that next stroke. But you're just trying to... Hold, have your breath for this moment, Mm. and so just understanding, like trying to shift the mindset, just trying to get people little things and paying attention to like the little wins. Like we can like build up that momentum. So like even with the the district attorney race last year flipping a DA, and um, with the uh, judge Sugarman, like making we got now we have this black judge in the juvenile court system, like trying to put things in place so people can understand. Like, we really do have the power once we do show up. But we got to show up. And right now, people, distractions are easy. So you looking at what's online, you watching all these shows, uh-huh. this drama. And, baby, if you just look right here, right in your city, you got a whole lot of it. It's real. And you can be in this show. Like, yeah. you don't have to watch the show. Live, Be a star of your own reality show because okay. it's happening.
0: It is happening. In in. Plain sight.
1: Yes, right here.
0: Now, have you noticed any improvements since you've gotten involved in, in this piece of your journey? Any improvements with organizing, you know, getting more people to participate? I know they're in survival mode, but...
1: Um, because I am an optimist, um, I would have to say, I yes, I do see improvements. So, like, you do have to cultivate these relationships and keep on saying some of the things over and over so people can really start to believe it. Because, again, we're talking about a mindset change. That has and that's to hard.
0: That's a big shift.
1: It's a challenge because that accountability piece, now you got to hold yourself accountable. And if yeah. you don't have accountability partner, it's easy for you to revert back to, like, old habits and, like, get in the mindset in the space where you're talking down to yourself, and now that's showing up in that way. So, now nah, my vote don't count. I'm not going. You're not going to put in two hours at the poll. But you also have to consider... People got to work. They work in two, three jobs. They don't really have time to get to the polls. They don't really have time to be in these spaces that allow for them to exercise, you know, their rights and to, like, walk in their power. And so we need increase as it relates to, like, living wages and, like, just different things. And
0: The same thing Martin Luther King was trying to fight for. We still fight. We still fighting the good old fight.
1: So, years later. Is that. Well, wait. What is it? 68 55 years later
0: wow interesting um let's get into what happened to Tyree Nichols um you know such a tragedy he was killed by uh, Memphis police officers and what is the status of those officers right now
1: um last I heard like I know they all had an attorney uh, a few months back and they were being charged, um, but as it relates, I hadn't really been following. So I do a lot of advocacy and fight, mm-hmm. but I don't follow, like, I don't attach to certain things. So I'm going to show up, yeah. I'm going to call for accountability, and then I'm, gonna, I'm going on to the next issue because, like, mm-hmm. they're they're everywhere. And so I can't be caught up on what's, like, I'm going to show up uh, for the people, the family, city council, for as like, the ordinances and different things. But when it comes to, like okay i know they press charges against those officers they all lawyered up that's going to move through the system so like i don't keep track of those Mm -hmm. things
0: you know you told me this when you first entered the studio that there's another situation where a young black
1: man was killed just last week Mm -hmm. in shelby county
0: you have any details on what happened
1: um the only thing i know is that this young man was stopped doing a traffic stop and um he was killed he was uh it was about shelby county sheriff so we're calling for a transparency around like what happened there we people don't know what happened and so um that's a that's a space that we'll be showing up to to figure out like what's going on calling for a sheriff bonner to release the tapes um we need to know what's going on because we cannot continue this our children are dying our young men are being killed And a lot of people don't really care unless they are directly impacted. Mm -hmm. Um, But it shouldn't take us being directly impacted to to have to show up. And so we're going to be pulling up on them as well. Um, But if Sheriff Bonner is wise, like, he'll move in a direction, especially if he's trying to be the mayor of Memphis. uh, Just
0: as expeditiously, (laughs) Mr. Bonner.
1: (laughs) Yes, please.
0: Wow, so it's already been a week. Yes. And we don't have them tapes. Okay, well, speaking of Sheriff Bonner, he is one of the Memphis mayoral candidates, and we have about, I believe, 12 or so uh, candidates right now. Um, Are you in your role as the director of Memphis for All? Are you involved in this mayoral campaign race?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I take no position for any of the candidates. However, it's about amplifying what's going on, letting the people know Hey, we have an election coming up in October. We have opportunity to shift the trajectory here in our city. We need you to show up and vote. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't vote by name recognition. Like, listen to these people. Look at their platforms. Go have a conversation with them. If they, their values and platform does not align with yours, then vote your conscience. Vote for who is going to represent us and move us in a, a better uh, direction, so that we can be as progressive as. Several cities and states we see across this country. Um, so we had a town, we had a town forum, a town hall uh, for mayors. We have a people's convention that's coming up in uh, August.
0: Yep. Shout out to Pastor Earl.
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, we're doing things to keep this in the face of the people. Like this is what's going on. Um, the media does a outstanding job of keeping people distracted and telling them what. You know what's wrong but we trying to let people know what's right and how you can get involved in making it better so yes i do take a space um there
0: have we ever had this many people run for mayor
1: we've had a lot but this is like the biggest <laughs> yes the and, biggest and i don't know that it's done because the uh they still can pull petitions up until like july the 22nd or something oh wow
0: like that. So, oh wow so, yeah. interesting yeah, so, everybody want to be the mayor of memphis
1: sound like a game show
0: (laughs) (laughs) well something you just mentioned you know who's gonna you know move memphis into the future the you know progression here that's what's really needed
1: it is it's time we're behind the curve like we behind the eight ball we deserve better we do Uh, meet people from all over the world that comes and like so excited and see so much potential in Memphis but right here in Memphis it's like we're in the frame so you can't see the picture and so people don't understand like the richness of of our souls and the heart and the different things that we have to offer to the world not just to this city and but everybody else can see it Mm. so it's about really trying to help people to see themselves Mm -hmm. so that is also another uh part of the work we do so like through the justice and safety uh, alliance which is a coalition of individual organizations working around justice safety and now we have a wellness piece so like again it's about like connecting with people because when you feel bad you're not about to get up and go stand in line the boat when you feel disconnected or Unsupported, You're not doing it. So we're trying to show up in a way, like, to build unity and community so people can understand, like, all right, I don't feel like it, but we're going to go. We're going to do – we can make this sacrifice. And so um, that's the shift we're trying to take as well as we move through this political arena.
0: How do you balance between causes? We talked about the school board, superintendent. We talked about – um the mayoral race we've talked about you know some of our black men being killed by the Memphis Police Department I mean that's five on my hand right here and and I know there are some that we have not talked about how do you balance this how is this affecting your mental health
1: um in this in this space I make sure I'm intentional with myself so um I do meditation I do yoga I work out I do uh, different modalities, like I journal, breath work. Um, I've, I'm outside a lot. I'm in nature a lot. So I love the parks and the grass and the butterflies. Mm-hmm. And so I do things to make sure I'm in tension with myself because I have lost myself in this space mm-hmm. when I was uh, the president and former educator. So, like, coming out of that space, there was a transition where I had to go introspective to know, like, who I am and how do I show up without being consumed. And that had to deal with a lot of, when I say not being attached, so I'm not following what's happening with the officers. I'm not going down these rabbit holes and keeping up with everything. I'm showing up, I'm doing my job, and then I'm removing myself. So from there, I decompress, I detach, and then I go to what's next. Yeah,
0: and you have to to definitely show up as a black woman in these spaces. So how, how has that been?
1: I'm unique. I'm going to say that, and I can say that for myself. Um, I've had to learn that um, I'm exceptional and extraordinary, and it used to be hard for me to really, like, receive that, especially coming up from my childhood and just different walks of life and not really knowing or seeing the value in who I am. And so now when I show up in these space, like, in my wholeness and my authenticity, like, I was called for this. I walk in the authority that was placed upon me I entered into this realm. and so um, that's the that's the strength that I walk in. Like I yes. was created for this.
0: Yes, because you know it's just going to be a faithful few, I think, that's going to have the audacity to do what you do.
1: Oh, it's a challenge. It does not come without its fear, but your faith has to be greater than the fear that shows up. And um, just staying intentional, reminding yourself, like affirming yourself, and walking in courage, walking being brave and um, just those different things. But, uh, oh, I'm not going to say it had not been times when you'd be like, you know what, I did my part, God. <laughs> like, okay, I'm about to, can I go to the background? Can I go do, you know, mm, because yeah. there are a lot of things that I do. Like I, I do organizing, I do event planning, weddings, parties. So I'm an educator. I do hmm. life coaching. So this is not, I'm a multidimensional individual. And so, like, with that comes all these different things that I'm capable of doing. However, when I'm called over here, I'm going. I'm
0: going. Yeah. going to show up.
1: Send me, I'll go. Look, how do
0: your three kids feel about what you're doing now? I know they're proud of you.
1: They are. Um, my children keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, it used to be a big deal, but now it's just like, uh, she on TV. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, she doing this. That's oh, mama. She, uh, it's like, that's just what she doing. And my youngest son. Who's 15. He was like, anything else, mama, it would be me stroking your ego.
0: Mm, and, uh, okay, 15-year-old. Yeah, so I was like, you oh, wow. absolutely
1: right. So, again, wow. you do the job and you just move on.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I need you to repeat after me, Tequila. Amen, say mine.
1: Amen, say mine.
0: Come on, North Memphis.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, this is a moment of transparency between you and I. And what I want to hit on is the recent ruling by the Supreme Court ruling against affirmative action in school admissions. I want to know what are your thoughts on the Supreme Court actually (laughs) turning over this ruling that has happened so long ago that was very effective on how African-American people were placed in, you know, schools and um, this, is, this is, I'm going to let you go first.
1: I made a post yesterday just was in response to it. I didn't necessarily mention what happened, but my thoughts are, I hope the people that feel like their vote don't count, don't have to end up on a plantation before they realize that their mm. vote did count. A couple of weeks ago, I did uh I participated in calling for the expansion of the Supreme Court with Martin Luther King the Third, and so those are some real realities that we have to pay attention to. We saw Roe v Wade be yep. overturned now we're seeing this, so what else is going to be overturned, and we don't wait until these things happen. We have to get out ahead of it, making sure that we have people in place that have integrity and that are going to be ethical um, in there to support what's good for all people in America. And so that's devastating. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to show up and we got to fight because nobody's coming to save us. Like, we have to show up and save ourselves, even though I show up and I'm fighting. I'm fighting on behalf of myself, my children, my children's children, and so forth. And so we this community, so... Um, we have to have more people that showing up, willing to make a sacrifice. It doesn't take a lot of time. Like, this is my job, but it hadn't always been my job. So even when I was volunteering and showing up in that capacity, one hour, two hours, how much time you have, uh, like, one hour a month or, like, five hours a month. Like, you don't have to be everywhere all the time, but be somewhere making an impact. Like, we all have a responsibility for to participate as it relates to, like, our civic duty.
0: Definitely. And, you know, it it makes you think about how could this have been prevented, right? Um, Because this was all a plan to be at this point where we are (laughs) with the Supreme Court. When Trump put those three (laughs) uh, judges in place, you know, I'm sure they got a long list of things to do. And it's been happening Right in front of our faces.
1: Oh yeah, that's not that's not all they're gonna undo.
0: Right. What well, what's next? What else they gonna undo that you know about?
1: Not, what they working on? Not think I know about. It's just a matter of I understand. Like they have thinker think tanks in place. Yes, and it's thinking through. Okay, what's next? And paying attention to. Okay, they're not voting here. They're not doing here. They're looking across the country to see mm-hmm. where they can go in and get away with certain things, what policies can be planned, uh, be passed. And they have uh, testing grounds. Like Tennessee, we're a testing ground. This third-grade retention law, it's, it exists in different places. But, again, if this passed, this, well, it did pass here. It went into effect here. So now we have only, like, six, 35 of our students across the state deemed proficient which means we know there's a correlation between the criminal justice system, how many jails they build based off of how many students can read coming out of third grade, Mm. which now further leads to the privatization of public education. And if they can start privatizing here in Memphis and across the state of Tennessee, like it's going to be widespread across the nation. And Mm. so, again, we wait. We're reactive. So we wait until something happens Mm -hmm. before we want to, oh, show up. No, you don't do this. You can't do this. It's too late. You They started five years ago.
0: They start early. And, 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 and it's out there for you to know about. You know, people like you raise awareness about these things. They're and not
1: listening.
0: Why? <laughs> They're not listening. Why? Y'all listen. Please listen. I had a, a talk with my 17-year-old who just graduated from high school about this Supreme Court ruling. And I'm like, hey, baby, you know, hopefully – in my eyes, as an HBCU graduate, you know, at this point. To me, black kids, go see your HBCUs. Go where you want it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yes. My daughter just graduated from Tuskegee last mm-hmm. year. So All right, yes, Tuskegee. Yes, go. Yes. Let's go home. Let's take it home. Let's take are, it who home. Who are they without us?
0: Exactly. We season,
1: baby. Who eating bland food?
0: I mean, you know, and even the athletes that go to these PWIs, go to an HBCU. Yeah. And share your talent with your people. Yes. Because that's what's up. Absolutely. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, Tequila Rucker, any last and final words about what you want to express to the city of Memphis in your efforts to organize and get people on board with making change and moving forward?
1: Um. Just understanding that they, power, they have power, their vote counts, their voice count, they matter, um, and they deserve better. Like, we've been conditioned to think, oh, well, at least we're not here, or we, at least we're not, you know, where we were 400 years ago, so we just be okay with this. But, no, dream bigger and, and demand more for yourself and for your children and show up in, with the audacity that is yours, like walking at authority. You own it. Like we are all created equal in the image of of God. And so like you have the same rights as anybody else here on this planet. We may not have equity in certain places because, again, the different injustices and systems in place to keep us behind. But go within, know who you are, and, and show up. Like that's the biggest thing. Vote, Maine. Like, <laughs> vote, man. <mine>.
0: Golly, <laughs> yes. Like,
1: go vote. Like, yeah, it's important, even like, yeah, I'm saying, like, a whole lot because this right here, it, it gets real kind of sketchy and itchy in my spirit. Like, we got to do better. Like, that accountability starts with us, it starts at home. And yes, some parents drop the ball, but now you got to pick it up because otherwise, you're about to drop the ball, and then your children. Not gonna have what they need, and then like that—that's the generational curse. We want to make it bigger and make it like, oh, the generational curse. We cursing ourselves. Yeah,
0: we got to move forward. Wow. Well, I'm so proud of you, Sakila. Thank you. I am super proud of you, and you know, you—you you have this power. You have this audacity. You know, you are walking, walk, and you're talking, the talk, and you're doing the work. So, you know, everybody's not going to do that, especially in a city like Memphis where, you know, so many of the systems in place, the gatekeepers in place, have such a stronghold. Mm-hmm. So we applaud you, Tequila Rucker.
1: I appreciate it because I'm dealing with a tough issue right now as it yes. relates to gatekeepers and individuals in place using their power to basically try to silence you. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I pray that everything you know, comes out of that in your favor. I
1: appreciate it.
0: So tell the good people with the verbally effective audience right here on camera too, how they can continue to follow your journey and anything that you have coming up that they should be aware about.
1: Okay, sure. So um, I can be found on Facebook at Tequila Rucker, Um, also on Instagram at Keila underscore underscore uh, to find out what's going on as it relates to the movement Uh, We're at Memphis for All on Facebook as well as Instagram, and uh, we work with the Social, uh, the Shelby County Voter Alliance. So that's uh, Shelby Votes on Instagram. And so, some of the things that we have coming up in the community right now like we have weekly voter engagement phone banks on Wednesdays. Um, You can find that information on Mobilize. We have monthly lunch and learn. So, next this month, we have Martavius. Jones, which is the councilman, uh, the chair of the city council. So, um, And then we have the People's Convention coming up. We have uh, a Black Voters Matter tour that's coming up. So we're gearing up for a special session uh, around uh, gun violence and gun reform. So um, there are a lot of things coming up in the community, but Mobilize, Facebook, social media, they can find uh, all the information there. So please go. Look it up, join us, get involved, show up. We need you. Yes. You need you. You need
0: you. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> and I'm glad you told them to go look on social media because that's where they at. That's where
1: they at. they their
0: phone. Well, thank you so much to Keila Rucker, the uh, political director over there Mrs. for all. I'm so proud of you once again. And if you need
1: any of my help with anything, just let me know. I appreciate it. This right here was help. You just gave a mm-hmm. uh, voice to... The community to understand and hear what's happening so thank you for this opportunity yes because you got the inside deets over here just a little bit we just, need them deep
0: <laughs> we had to get verbally effective today with my girl tequila rucker the political director over there for memphis for all make sure you tap in to everything that she has going on follow her journey um learn something from her you know because Memphis we need to move forward and she is the perfect person to give you some insight and understanding of what's going on here so thank you guys for tuning in yet again to another episode of the Verbally Effective podcast be sure to hit that subscribe button on all streaming platforms and hit subscribe on that Ina Esco YouTube channel as well thanks for tuning in